Kathy, Al Stewart. Um, we've been married for, actually in January, it's 31 years. Uh, so it's Kathy deserves a round of applause, <laughs> not, uh, not me. Um, so this is actually the first time we've done a marriage seminar together. Uh, but we just had a month's holiday overseas, like just the two of us travelling. And so if you can't do it now, we're, we're never going to be able to do it. Uh, anyway, so we're in... Uh, Surely we're qualified now. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, we're, just, we're kind of in love at the moment. Uh, we'd make the most of it. It's probably good till the weekend, I reckon. It'll, it'll last. All right. Um, all the notes, you've got some sort of outlines there and, um, and someone thought you could... Um, just grab a chair. Grab a chair. Um, One of each. You might want to take some notes, think about it, but all the notes, we've got six or seven pages here, they're all on the website. So if you just go to the uh, resources section of the Geneva website or the In The Shoot 11, um, it's, uh, it'll be there. I think okay. there's more guys. We're, um, oh, we'll just make it up as we go. Uh, we're going to look at a, at a part of the Bible, a, a book that we've found useful. How about uh, we pray that God might make this time useful? All right. Father, we, uh, we thank you for this time together. Pray, please, that we could uh, think, listen to one another, learn together um, about uh, these two things that are so dear to our heart, about marriage and ministry and how we might live lives that are joyful and honouring the Lord Jesus. And we ask this in his name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, I think we called this, uh, this little seminar Marriage and Ministry. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Um, and it did. When you, when you sign up, we might begin by talking about some of the things that go wrong. With marriage and ministry, they're strangely alike in that you fall in love and then kind of volunteer. So marriage, you know, you meet him or you meet her and it's kind of all starry-eyed and he's wonderful and she's beautiful and you kind of this haze comes over you and you're in love and you get married and then... You know, which is all a good thing. The haze that comes over you is important. The survival of the species... Uh, just depends on it, I think. Um, and then you sign up for marriage and you actually easily be a little naive with the expectation of what it's actually going to be like. Um, same thing with ministry. <coughs> love the Lord Jesus, love being in church, love being involved with teaching the Bible to people and so on, and we can sign up for ministry, yep, and be a little naive about expectations and so on. Um, and it uh, quite easily happens that down the road marriage is hard and ministry is hard and you put them both together and it really is hard and um, in the last 30 years we've um, we haven't had particularly a how would you put it a tranquil relationship my dear have we no it's been probably conflict right from the start Uh, a fair fair bit Um, we've been in marriage counseling sessions of marriage like different times in different years at least twice we've Mm. been to see marriage like i mean for a series of things where um uh, Kathy's told me a few times, or once or twice, if uh, if things don't change, she's leaving, um, or I was leaving. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, that, that's all. But you know, so that's what, like you know. I know some people say, "Well, you, sh- you shouldn't say that in a Christian marriage." True, but uh, I guess it was. I just felt uh, just in the heat of the moment. I just needed to get his attention that something was seriously wrong. And if if we didn't, if we didn't sort of try and work on it that it was going to go down the tubes. So. Yeah, so um, we'll say later, men don't usually do subtlety very well. So don't, ladies, don't expect him to read between the lines. You've got to tell him. Um, not brutally, but 
clearly. Yeah, so we've had um, we've had our heartaches and problems and and mm. so on. I think things are. I won't mm. stick my. Mm. Thing on. I think things are getting better. Mm. I guess I thought when when we we're both Christian, we got married that life would just be wonderful. You know, why would you have any problems? You're Christian. And um, now I think back to us, very naive. And just the same thing, you're, you're Christian, you're both, um, you know, are interested in ministry together. That's, that's what God wants, isn't it? So it should all be smooth sailing. But unfortunately, life in a sinful world isn't, so we have hiccups. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's different things, I guess, in different relationships which will give you pressure. Uh, we, we found one of the biggest things that put pressure on our marriage, and I think we're beginning to work it out now, but at first it just kind of went round and round. There's a whole family of origin thing. And that is that everyone thinks the family that they grew up in is normal, um, and there are no normal families. And we're all dysfunctional in different ways. Um, but because you grew up with it, it's usually a blind spot. You can't see that you assume your own family's normal. It's kind of... Um, so, you want to tell us about? I don't know. I don't know how much the cross-cultural Chinese Anglo thing's been a, a factor for us. Um, generally, marriage we've been in, but uh, you want to tell us mm. what, how did the family of origin thing? Um, uh, yeah. So, I guess uh, in in the first place, um, I guess it was a shock to my family that I'd met Alan, and he, not only was he like a true blue Aussie guy, but he was also uh, someone interested in, in Christian ministry, and we had talked about this. Uh, so that was a, a big shock to my parents, especially when they expected me to marry. They had a Chinese accountant picked well, <laughs> that they were fond of, but I wasn't interested in. Anyway, so, um, yeah, and I grew up in a very strict, organised household, and um, so everything was done pretty much strictly to time, um, Communication was only needed about, you know, is your homework done, down for breakfast, uh, now it's bedtime. So that's, that was pretty much it. And um, then I went to boarding school. Oh, so both my parents worked from home. We had a family business, a bakery business, and they worked very hard, so there really wasn't a lot of time left. Um, and then I went to boarding school, and so, again, that was a, a very organised environment. Um, and so I thought that being a good wife meant that as long as I, I had the jobs done, I had the bills paid, um, home was tidy, that was what made for a happily married life. But uh, unfortunately, it's not, <laughs> that's not all that's needed. Um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, and Alan's expectations... Can stop, yeah, we can't yeah, say it on the net. We, unless we can stop it. Can you do that? Just touch the button. Clicking forward, yeah, okay. Yeah. So there's, I mean, so lots of goodwill, but but lots of stress and um, uh, tension there, and so on. Um, and then uh, and then kids come along, and all sorts of things. And actually, having kids, I think, changes your life uh, more than just getting married, because all of a sudden you're not two functional adults. You've got these little uh, little ones with you. And then if you sign up for ministry. Uh, it can add to it all because we sign up to be shepherds and then we find that sheep bite. Uh, and you realise why Jesus calls us his sheep. Sheep are probably the dumbest, most stubborn animals on the planet. It's not really a compliment. Uh, the shepherd loves the sheep, but the sheep are dumb and stupid and bite and, and so on. Um, 
you end up with with a husband who's out working with people so often and uh, it's easy for him to get home with the emotional tank empty um, uh, and so on. You feel like you're living in a fishbowl, there's lots of expectations on you and so on and um, I'd say you can end up, I think some ministry couples that we talk to um, or have talked to end up with the not a lots and that is not a lot of fun, not a lot of money, not a lot of love and not a lot of sex. Uh, and sometimes it's just kind of, you, I've talked to couples, I think we've had it sometimes, and that is, we'll endure this, um, you know, cheer up, we'll soon be dead. Um, we'll hang in there, we'll, you know, now... You keep going because you're saying, oh yes, it's God's work, and, you know, keep going because it's the right thing to do. But you're not exactly experiencing a lot of joy in your marriage or your ministry life. And uh, I think we've found lately you can, oh well, there's, you can, and it can be a lot better than that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'd want to say um, you sign up as a volunteer for marriage and you sign up as a volunteer for ministry, but you can take a break from one of them. To ministry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. Uh, and that I think I've seen some couples who've been felt trapped and they've, the ministry thing is killing their marriage, but they've stayed until their marriage collapsed. And I think it's legitimate if you need to actually just step out of paid ministry. To, to work on your marriage and get your marriage healthy again and so on and then maybe come back. But if you, if you stay and it's killing you, you can lose your marriage and then you'll lose the ministry that you had anyway. So just marriage is actually more important than paid ministry. Um, you can serve Jesus in other ways. Uh, but to lose your marriage, um, you know, that, that, that's the disaster. Um, now what, what we're going to talk about a little bit today, uh, I'll read you the Bible verse that he bases this book on in a second. This book, um, Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egriches. I don't know how he's... Uh, Egrich. E-G-G-E-R-I-C-H-S. Um, it's, uh, it's actually a good book. And what he does is pick up the, uh, the Bible's teaching on Ephesians 5 and how the fact that the roles of husband and wife are not interchangeable in the fact that he tells um, husbands to love their wives and wives to respect their husbands. They're different. I'll come to that, that verse in just a minute. Um, what, what so very easily happens is he talks about a kind of a downward cycle that happens in marriage, and that is that um, uh, the wife will feel unloved or unappreciated and so she will, if you like, almost chase after or confront her husband wanting to communicate, to, to interact, to actually feel loved. And because he reads that as her being aggressive and wanting to fight, he, do, he doesn't want to fight with, uh, with his wife. It's a bit like, um, gentlemen, I don't know if you've ever uh, played touch footy with girls on the other side. The problem with playing, playing touch footy with girls is what? Where do you tag them? That's right, exactly. It's kind of like, um, I, you know, it's, it's right. there's nowhere to take you. And it's like that with, with your wife. If, she, if you feel like she wants to fight with you, blokes don't know how to fight with women. You can't, I, I mean verbally, I don't mean physically, so of the, course. And, so they withdraw. But, so the more yeah, they so withdraw, you, you step back. the more we, we sort of go, go at it. So yeah. yeah, so she's kind of in my face, like... Wanting, wanting to talk and communicate, it feels aggressive. I don't want to fight with you, so I'll step back, which means she chases and so on. Um, now, um, 
Well, say in a little while, what, what a husband desperately wants, I think, is to be respected, is to feel significant, to be, um, yeah, to be respected, and a wife wants to be loved and appreciated. Mm. When you get that negative cycle of her feeling unloved and him feeling disrespected, it kind of feeds on itself. Mm. Mm. Um, so if your husband comes home and he's tired from work and his tank is empty and he doesn't have the emotional energy to connect with you, you feel unloved and so... You, you you say unkind things to him or well, you know, treat him uh, not very kind, like... Disrespectful. Uh, yeah, disrespectful, and uh, be disrespectful to him. So then he, he then withdraws and doesn't give you the time that you need, and so we go on round again in this you know, mad cycle. Yep. Yeah. Now, how does that end? There's, I've just got a couple of things about bad outcomes. As you... As you get older, one of the things that breaks your heart is to actually see ministry marriages collapse uh, and even kind of worse. I think in the last six months, I've had three guys who I would count as peers in ministry uh, who've committed adultery, and it's come out. Um, two of them were ministers in high-profile um, high churches, and one a guy who'd left ministry a little while before. And, and of course, it always ends in tears. It's always a disaster. Now, I'm not excusing it for a second, but it's worth trying to understand why is it that these guys have done this? Um, they certainly knew the Bible, you know, God says no, and they certainly know the consequences, but what, it's a thousand little compromises, but what leads to it, I think very much, is wanting to feel significant, that, they, that they're not feeling the respect and uh, so on at home, that they're not close to their wives, they don't feel significant, uh, what he says in this Love and Respect book, he quotes um, a woman who wrote about her husband um, who strayed into an affair. I will never use the word affair. I think adultery is a nasty, ugly word, which is exactly what it should be called, so never an affair. But she says this, I realised that my husband had cheated with this woman not because of her looks or her personality or because she was anything so great, but rather because she was his captive audience. Every remark he made to her was witty. Everything he did was perfect. In her eyes, he was the most handsome, intelligent, funny man in the world. He needed an ego boost, and she was ready and willing to be that for him. And I think that's what leads men into adultery. Mm. Um, it's, it's the wanting to feel significant, wanting to feel like you've still got it. Um, sometimes it's the midlife crisis, the kind of, am I really, you know, I've still got it. Mm, because like, cause when you start going out, when, you, when you're going out in that courtship stage, um, you know, he, he is everything to you. He can do anything, you know. Everything he does is amazing. Or, you know, and you're interested in everything he says. And he's interested in you, in what you have to say. And he's giving you time. And uh, so in that courtship stage, you're giving each other lots of, of the love and respect, and uh, but you know, few few years down the track, or um, you know, uh, further on, then you've forgotten. You 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 know. Life's become ordinary. Yeah, life's and become ordinary. You've got a lot of jobs yeah. and things, and and so uh, you don't you don't have that. Uh, your husband doesn't have that time for you anymore. Doesn't seem to have that special time for you, and. You don't, you're not giving him the respect that he needs. Now, most men don't commit adultery. Uh, certainly most men in ministry don't, which is good. 
but I think what a lot of Christian husbands and even husbands in ministry work do is they, they shut down. So um, I talk to guys who get very little um, sex, very little loving, uh, so to speak. They kind of lower their expectations. They don't expect real emotional intimacy with their wives. Marriage isn't a lot of fun, and you just kind of move into survival mode, which isn't particularly attractive in terms of drawing people towards Jesus. Um, so, so that's I think that's men. Just, uh, David Henry Thoreau, the American philosopher, said the mass of men live lives of quiet desperation. Um, certainly true of middle-aged men. The mass of men live lives of quiet desperation. Unfortunately, it's true of a lot of Christian men as well. Um, now, that's, I think that's husbands. What about uh, wives? Okay, this um, you mean this bit here? Yep. Yeah, um, for wives, yeah, I guess... Um, so when, when your husband is, is busy and uh, when he comes home, it feels like you know, he's got time for everybody else but you and he gets, gets home and, you know, with, like we said, his tank's empty, then you feel bitter and you shut down. And um, you feel neglected. Marriage becomes a chore, but you sort of feel like you stay because you have children and um, just life is not very enjoyable. It's just an endurance. So, um, and, now, yeah, and again, uh, the, the woman's way is to then criticise your husband. You know, why don't you do this, 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 this? Then he feels henpecked or... You know, then so he st- he starts withdrawing even further, and so the relationship keeps spiralling. Uh, now he talks about this guy talks about this as the crazy cycle or something, but it kind of feeds on itself. And what he's done this um, uh, this book is to pick up the difference in Ephesians five, like I said. Um, I won't read the whole passage, but the summary at the end is very interesting. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, and I'll, I'll put it on the sheet there, says this, However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. He doesn't just say, you know, the two of you love each other, etc. No, no, husbands love your wives, and wives respect your husband. Um, did a little bit of research in the original languages. Um, uh, all, the, um, all the different versions translate it much the same. ESV is love and respect. New, um, New American Standard Bible, love and respect. Uh, King James Bible, love and reverence. The love word is just agape, the, the Christian love word, the way that um, uh, we're to love each other, uh, to put someone else's interests ahead of your own. So husbands are to love their wives uh, and so on. But the, the respect word, phobeo, actually is the word for fear. Um, fear your husband, like, or, or the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, that kind of thing. And there's a range of different um, meanings for it. It can mean fear, like be afraid. Um, it can mean um, awe. I thought that sounded pretty good, actually. Like, like wives, don't think your husbands are awesome. I think that would kind of hold your husbands in awe. What do you, what do you reckon, ladies? Yeah? <laughs> No, that's not going to. That's just not going to flow, is it? Even in a marriage seminar, it really respect is the best. Respect is the best. And what does respect mean? It's worth thinking about it. Um, respect and love are not the same thing. And that is, you can respect your boss, but not love him or her. Okay. You can love your two-year-old, but it's not the same as respecting him or her. 
to respect someone really is to, if you like, take them seriously, treat them as if they're significant, and what they do matters, what they think matters, that think that they're they're important. Um, and then to love someone is really, as uh, in one pair, to be considerate of them, uh, to value them, uh, to think they're special, to treasure them. I guess. Now, Kathy, you might write, read a little bit. You had that. Do you want me to read it, yeah, or you, you want to? About wives. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll read it, and then you can talk about it. Let's go a little further with this and skip over to Titus two verse four. Here, older women are told to encourage younger women to love their husbands and children. But in this case, Paul is not talking about agape love. In Titus 2.4, he uses the Greek word phileo, which refers to human, brotherly kind of love. The point is, a young wife is created to agape her husband and children. Ultimately, she will never stop unconditionally loving them. But in the daily wear and tear of life, she is in danger of becoming discouraged. So discouraged that she may lack phileo, the the nice, friendly kind of love. A kind of impatient unfriendliness can overcome her. She may scold and sigh way too much. After all, there is always something or someone who needs correcting. She cares deeply. Her motives are filled with agape, but her methods lack phileo. Yes. Um, so often, you know, during the day, like I just say, a regular busy day with young children, you've got all these things to do, you're correcting the kids and the, you know, what other things they've got to pick up, etc. And your, your day's full of it, and, um, and in your mind you feel, oh, you know, your husband's out there doing other things. And when he comes home and his tank is empty as well, and he, he doesn't really want to share with you about how your day's going, you just so you start nitpicking at him. And so it's like just continual correcting or scolding. And, yeah, it's just not good. So you don't have that friendship. You've lost that friendship along the way. Yeah. So I know she loves me, but it'd just be nice if you liked me. That's, the kind <laughs> of that, that's that kind of feeling. That, now, I'm not saying it's, all, it's not her fault, but that's just the way that it, it can feel. Now, what he does is he goes on and talks about Oh, he talks about, you want to talk about the pink and blue thing? Um, yeah, so uh, Egrix talks about like how, uh, well, we, we know that men and women are different, right? But uh, he just says sometimes a, a light-hearted way to think about it is, you know, pink and blue sunglasses or hearing aids. So sometimes we may say something, like I may say something, Alan may hear something completely different and respond differently. Then I, I could say, I think you've got your blue sunglasses on. I think you've got your blue hearing aids in. Like, let's just, uh, what I meant was this, and, and yeah, so vice versa. So just to realise, sometimes we may say something, but they're not understanding it the way we are saying it. Yep, okay. Um, any thoughts? So far, we keep going, just tell a little more of what he says, but any thoughts? We're happy to be... Uh, hang on. Yeah, David. In marriage counselling that I've been doing, I see the end product of that as looking more like a mother and a son than a husband and a wife. Would that be a fair reflection of whether end... Just in terms of the ongoing downward spiral of that relationship, the, the, the man who feels, as you say, henpecked by what feels like his mother. And then his response is more like a son to his mother than a husband to a wife. And I've seen it a few times in, in couples that it seems like that trajectory ends up looking more like mother and son than husband and wife. Just. Uh, 
case, and I think we've had it. I have said to Cathy, by the way, we only have four kids, and I'm not one of them. Um, <laughs> Uh, which may, may, I may have deserved the comment at the time. But um, just does draw you up to realise, oh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? And so when your wife does follow you around and treat you like one of the kids, there's only two ways to react. Either you become one of the kids or you fire up and or usually withdraw. So that's it, I'm out of here. So, yeah, that's, that's so you true. Withdraw? Because I don't know how to fight with a woman. What was that, sorry? <laughs> yeah, so might have repeat the question. Uh, we're, we're like weak and all the rest of it, and yet, it's like a lion going to attack a mouse or something. It's like, uh, I think we're just going to have to make do. It's okay. all right. Um, I think in terms of conflict, men are not, are not sure how to... They don't want to hurt her. And I don't, I don't mean physically, never, ever, no, don't touch them, but I mean verbally or emotionally, they're just not sure how to argue and, and fight. And Now, sometimes a woman is much more articulate and, and so on than, than a bloke, but you just don't know. Edris says he's right, I think men have an honour code as well. You don't want to hurt a lady, you don't want to fight with your wife. Um, the other side of it too is usually she knows me better than I know myself, and she doesn't fight fair. So it's like, <laughs> how do you fight with someone who can read your mind? It's not. It's serious. It's like scary how well she knows me. So it's just blokes will usually just for any number of reasons withdraw, and and or go and silent, like you know, silent, or go and sit in the, you know go and sit in their office or in the shed or or go and watch TV or whatever. So I mean, this is general. So there are. S- yeah, so there are variations. Yeah. Silence can be a way of getting back at somebody too. It can be. It's the yep. Yep. Silence, passive aggressive thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let me tell you what he does say about the positives. Uh, he goes on to say, give um, uh, two different ways, or two different acronyms. Everyone has to have an acronym of how uh, men can show love to their wives, and then wives can show respect to their husbands. His. Um, uh, his acronym for the wives, and this is all on the notes uh, on the web, if you but couple, C-O-U-P-L-E, C for closeness, that is she wants, gentlemen, she wants to know, she wants to be close to you, um, spiritually, emotionally, that kind of thing, she wants to feel that, openness, uh, that, that she wants you to open up to her um, and um, uh, connect with her, um, then understanding, Here's a strange thing about about women that blokes I have trouble understanding. When a woman has a problem, I'm just told this. I'm trying to understand it. A woman has a problem. She wants to talk to her husband, but she doesn't necessarily want him to fix it. Yeah. Now, who can understand that? Like, why is that? Is that right? Big, okay. Big agreement here. So, gentlemen, um, uh, understanding is listen to it. You don't have to fix it. But I'm thinking, if you don't want me to fix it, why are you telling me? But I'm starting to get it. I, is that, yep, okay. But you can ask, is this a fix-it one, or do you just want me to listen to you? Okay, so you can ask that. Yeah. Okay, right, good, that's it. Just tell us what to do by the, by the numbers. Okay, so uh, closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, that is, if we're wrong, she'd love us to apologise. That's the point. Being able to apologise is a great thing. Yeah. Uh, L. I'll just... Popping there. Yep. Oh, missed before. Oh. Yeah, so he says, 
This Illinois says, why do you always dig up something from the past? Now, this Egric says he had a husband come to him saying, my wife keeps getting historical. And he says, oh, you mean hysterical? No, no, historical. That means she keeps going back to, you know, when you did this wrong and you did this or whatever. And uh, he's saying it's an attempt to connect, to try and solve, try and repair the relationship. So it's not, not intentionally nitpicking or... You know, we'll have not, a, not intentionally we'll, evil. We'll be having a full and frank discussion about something, usually something I've done wrong, and she'll mention something that I did wrong. And then I'll stop and think, honey, that was 22 years ago. You know, that was when Gareth was one year old. It was 22 years. Like, she said, yeah, but... So it's like 30 years of, of wrong behaviour in marriage is still all there for kind of... to be. Anyway, but Eric explains that that's a... That's the um, attempt to, to, to want your husband to peacemake. Yeah. To say, I'm sorry, and, yeah, repair okay, the relationship. Right. Okay. So, uh, and now the, the next big one is loyalty, and that is loyalty not just personally, but, uh, gentlemen, loyalty with your eyes in terms of um, that you only have eyes for her, that you're not looking at other women, etc. And that's, that's a very big thing. Mm. Uh, loyalty, and then the E is esteem, and that is that she's honoured, uh, not just privately, but but publicly. That you cherish her, that you speak positively about her. Um, part of the reason anniversaries, birthdays are so important. It's kind of the the times appropriate to to honour her or show that you esteem her. Mm. Uh, in the kindness of God, He arranged for Kathy to be born one day before me. So her birthday is the thirteenth. Mine is the fourteenth. So I've only forgotten it once in 30 years. Um, I couldn't believe it. But man, did I hear it. And I still hear about it. <laughs> 29 out of 30, it's got to be close. Anyway, so that's... Bought I'm, me a milk jug. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to tell once I bought her a stapler for a birthday. And it was a really good stapler. It lasted for years and years. I don't know. Anyway, um, esteem. And then, so closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, loyalty and esteem um, is... It's good, and it's worth worth a read of that chapter. And you get, oh, okay, I mm. I get it now. It, blokes sometimes have to be just told how to do things a bit by the numbers, and he does that quite well. Mm. So that's couples. Um, the the one for for the women. Mm. So um, he's got the chairs acronym for the men. Um, how to basically how to spell respect to your husband. How to, how to do it. Uh, so conquest to appreciate his desire for work and achieve. So um, just to pre- to thank him for working, to going out to work. Um, he's got that hunter-gatherer, you know, God has inbuilt that in, in our husbands and uh, to believe in, in them. Uh, so, and hierarchy, to appreciate his H. desire to... H for hierarchy, appreciate his desire to protect and provide. Um, and uh, I give the even just a recent example of when we were in Vietnam in that... Um, uh, we were bicycle riding and uh, we're going up these hills and I just I knew I was too slow and I said to Alan, look, just go ahead because up till then he'd been riding behind me and um, I said, look, go on ahead because I'll be all right. And so he he went on ahead with the other guide. We had two guides and one guide was following me, but that was when I had the bicycle crash. And um, so he's kicking himself because the first time he went ahead of me and not behind me to to keep an eye on me. Um, 
so an A for authority, just to appreciate his desire to serve and to lead. So this is all inbuilt in our men generally, and an insight to appreciate his desire to analyse and to counsel. And I guess we we women often think our way is the right way. There's no other way. Our way. Like we we know everything, um, and and we sometimes don't take into account maybe some input from our husband into how to do something, you know, that is a valid, <laughs> valid input. So to acknowledge them for, yeah, their point of view. There are other points to add into that? Yep, keep going. Mm. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, so, and, and R for relationship, appreciate his desire for, oh, sorry, I'm going to back to, going back to the, um, being uh, that our way is the right way and also becomes quarrelsome. Uh, Proverbs, oh, I lost my sheet. Proverbs, anyway, there's a number of Proverbs references there about, you know, better to live in a corner of a house than in the same area of a woman or whatever, uh, quarrelsome woman. (laughs) I'm quoting it all wrong. (laughs) Anyway, R for relationship. Appreciate his desire for shoulder-to-shoulder friendship, so just to sit with them or do something with them. And that is a very difficult thing for myself because I, like, particularly, like, say, Alan, Alan likes to wa- uh, wind down by watching a DVD, and uh, he should be very thankful that I'm a uh, blokes movie type girl in that I watch shoot 'em ups and things like that. <laughs> and, um, uh, but I, I often tend to want to do three things at the same time while I'm watching the DVD because I've got, you know, you've got... Ten jobs to do: fold the washing and, you know, mark the homework or whatever it is. But sometime, if you're able to just put that tar- that the other stuff aside and just sit together and either watch something together or um, now I'm we're able to I can go to things with Alan, go go with him. Then I know he really appreciates that much more. And. Uh, Sexuality, just to appreciate his desire for sexual intimacy. I guess often sometimes we may also fall into the trap of thinking because we're Christian or a husband is a Christian, he doesn't need sex. Like, you know, he does, doesn't think about it because he's a Christian, but uh, it's not true. And, uh, yeah, they, they, he needs that sexual release as much as we as women need the emotional intimacy. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah, so as husbands and wives, we have different needs. And your husband's self-image, I didn't realise, is just so tied to who he is in the field, what he does, what he's able to achieve. Um, it's, it's really important to him. And, uh, and our self-image as women is often tied to our place in the home or um, yeah, who, who we are in our family. And so for, for me, in terms of being homemaker and um, uh, mum... Uh, that's and having people in our home that is, you know, I guess my role. It's about yeah. relationships. Women are more concerned about their relationships. Yes, that's right. So we're more relational. Yes, very true. Yes. Yeah, you about no, that's it. People outside the home. And people oh, I didn't comment, say. Comments from others, and your job is to keep reality. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Okay. Um, you just missed I in the chair. Oh, did I? No, insight. Oh, insight. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh yes, okay, yes, that's right. Because of Alan's um, for their self worth in their job, I guess I always thought, well, so many people would say to Alan, or they call him Al, and say, you know, that was such a great sermon, or you did such a great job, and that. So I thought my job was to just give him reality, like you know, <laughs> tell him how it is. This is how it is, and I guess it was just yeah, wasn't what he needed. What he needed was my affirmation. Of him, but I, I thought that was a bit fake. Like I thought it was just like building up his pride. But um, I think I've come to appreciate the fact that it's not not about building his pride, but just respecting him for what he does and giving appreciation for that. And the fact that I can stay at home and I, I don't have to go out to work, um, so I, I'm able to. I don't have to get up at five in the morning and go somewhere, <laughs> or um, and I can have freedom in my day um, to do many things. Yep. Yeah. And the irony is that Kathy say, "Oh, yeah, other people will be all positive about what I do," but a comment from her mm. is worth a thousand times mm. what strangers say mm. or other people. Mm. Um, so um, now it's not to say that she should praise me all the time because she still gives me reality. Um, Still nails my head to the coffee table regularly with the, the comments as as required, but a little bit of encouragement from her is uh, is gold. Yeah. I think it's similar in terms of love from your hu- <coughs> consideration from your husband is worth mm. so much more than um, you know from other mm. from other people. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And part of that can be also from your upbringing, like if you you haven't been brought up in a home where there's much affirmation or praise of anything, you don't think well that. That's not part of life. So, is that, so it, it mm. takes learning. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, we might keep keep pushing. I've got some. Um, so that's um, that's the problems <coughs> that can develop, the negative things for the husband and wife. What this guy is saying about some of the ways of thinking through, loving your wife, showing respect to your husband. I've just had some some things that we've kind of learned, trial and error, things that have worked in terms of. Um, uh, Getting some joy in marriage and ministry. Okay, so if I could speak to the gentlemen, uh, the men, and then Kathy might speak to the women, and we're, we're happy to kick it around. Uh, gentlemen, we need to. I think part of being the head of the home, as, as uh, Jesus calls us to, is to take the initiative to be the pastor and leader uh, of our families, uh, to be the one who takes initiative, reading the Bible with the kids, family devotions, to pray with your wife, to read the scriptures with her, and so on. Uh, so for all the time the kids were little, we, we had a routine um, uh, to read the Bible with the kids after, after uh, the evening meal. We, we, no one was ever home at breakfast. It was just chaotic. But night time, we never had the television in the same room. We didn't have the television on while we ate uh, and we'd eat a meal. And then we learned you have Bible time between main course and dessert because at least if dessert's good, you've still got some leverage. That's what we... What we learned. We did all sorts of different things depending on the age of the kids. We bought a big scrapbook. We read um, the Bible story when our two girls were, were little um, and then had some textures and they would draw a picture of what the Bible story was about. That was one of the things that worked well for mm. quite a while. We still kept that um, book. Yeah, we still got that book somewhere. It's very precious. Okay. Uh, what I've learned is um, I'm away a fair bit with, uh, mm. with work, ministry stuff. Um, the good news is now stage of life, Kathy can come, like we can go together, which is really good. What I've learned is, and this, you know, this is gold, this is, this is worth 
coming in for. Uh, what often happens is you're away and then you get home and she spent, say, four or five days thinking, ah, oh, that mongrel, he's left me with the kids again and he's out having a great time and I'm tired and dirty nappies and he's swanning around. And so she's a bit, she, as she thinks of you, you know, she's wanting to poke pins in a little bald doll, you know, like, uh, okay, um, or bearded or whatever the doll looks like. And, and, and then um, you get home and you're really tired and you're trying to think, oh, man, what will we do together? I can't think of anything. So, so here's what I've learned. Before you go away, work out with your wife the time you're going to have together when you get home and what you're going to do together. Okay, so it's oh, when I get home, you know, I get home late Sunday night, Monday morning, we'll go for breakfast somewhere and have a walk along the beach and spend the morning together. Beautiful. Okay, what that means is when you get home and you're really tired, you've got to work it out. It's already worked out. So, the other one is while you're away and she thinks about you, what's she thinking? She's thinking, oh, he's so sweet. When we get home, we're going to have breakfast together, we're going to go for a walk on the beach together. He's thought, all right, it's, it's gold. And it also means you've got the same expectations. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, her expectation is, oh, we'll have a beautiful day together, we'll talk, we'll interact, we'll share our feelings. He's just thinking, we'll have sex and we'll go to sleep. Okay? Um, it's, and you, you kind of, you're going to have difficulty there getting on the same page. Yeah, or he might just think, well, time off for him is to go fishing or... Um, go to the gym or something, and you're thinking, oh, we're going to spend this time together. So immediately you've got this, all this expectation built up that's not met, and there's anger and bitterness, and yeah. 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 And yeah. so the, you need to manage your diary. So if you've got a lot of things coming up, to try and manage it ahead of time to schedule in those off times. Okay, now I'm not saying we always get it right now, but we've learned that, and that's a great help. Mm-hmm. And then you can ring your wife each day. And it's, you know, you're kind of looking forward to that, that time together. Okay? Mm. So that's, that's been something we've learned. Uh, I think it's certainly worth, if you haven't read it, uh, gentlemen, uh, Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages. Does that ring a bell? For, okay. Um, it's not a hard read. In fact, it's one of those ones you skim through, yeah, got it, got it, got it. But I read it and it was, it was an eye. I thought, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what's his thesis? If you haven't read, basically that people receive, people are able to receive love in different ways, and if it's if they have different love languages, and if it, and if someone gives you something or does something that's not in your love language, often you won't see it or it won't connect. So the love languages that he has are acts of service, words of encouragement, gifts, presents, gifts, physical touch, and time together. I'll give you some examples. So for Kathy, if I give Kathy words of encouragement and tell her how wonderful she is and all that sort of thing, nothing. Well, sometimes it helps. Yeah, not much. <laughs> nothing. Really, nothing. Okay. Or I buy her a gift, okay, and she gets it, nothing. It's a, I, I buy better presents. Well, <laughs> and she pays for the, pays the credit card anyway. So, I, But gifts, no, no traction at all. Okay. In fact... Generally, you take her out to an expensive restaurant kind of for the night and all that sort of... Nothing. What's she like? Get the dog, the dog lead, hook up musket, and then we go for a walk for an hour together and one of us talks and the other two listen. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can work out who's it, right? Because um, I know that costs him. 
right? Yeah. The she gets time, time and me and my full attention. That's how I show her that I love her. And that's, that communicates better. So walk the dog is better than restaurant, um, uh, presence, anything. Uh, oh, and the other one is acts of service. And that is, you want to show her, empty the dishwasher. Fold the towels, pick up the dog turds, whatever it is, that's okay. Why? Because time is the most precious thing I have, and she you know, invested time, and it's, it, it's talks cheap, words of encouragement, okay? Um, so that's, uh, I haven't quite, I'm, you know, I'm getting better domestically, I haven't quite reached the <laughs> Jedi level, which is you do it without drawing attention to it. Um, <laughs> if I do it, I want her to notice. <laughs> So Definitely maybe, on the point scoring. All maybe the time. maybe one day I'll get I'll get there. Okay. Now for me it's totally different. Mm. From Kat, I just want words of encouragement. For her to say, "Hey, you did a good job there," or "Well done." Let's mm. go. I don't care particularly about presence, um, time. You know, can we get on with it? Um, but a word of encouragement is is gold. Mm. Our son loves little presents. He's mm. al- he's always buying himself little presents. He, lo- he just loves getting presents. Huh? Yep. Um, so it's just. And was it one of our daughters? You reckon? Yeah. Well, well one of our children needs all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we love her. We lo- you know, if she, ever, if she you, hears this on the net, we love her especially. Yep. So you've got to work out what your love languages are, you know, and that that involves getting to know each other. And, yeah. Um, yeah. But it really is different about how does someone receive love. It's, it's I found mm. it to be very. Insightful. Okay. Um, I just said one more about um, the other. The other one I've found is trying to understand the way Kathy makes decisions. I make. I make. I'm decisive. I make quick, decisive, clear decisions, and about half of them are wrong. Okay. So I'm decisively wrong when I do it, <laughs> and quickly. Kathy makes decisions very slowly, and is very rarely wrong. But it took me years to realise if I wanted to do something or make a decision, I've got to give her notice. Now, it works at a trivial level and a significant level. Trivial level, if I want to go to the movies Friday night. For me, uh, it's 7 o'clock, movie starts at 7.10. Hey, why don't we go to the movies? Let's go. Okay. For Cathy, no, the brakes are on. You can't do it. I've got to say to her on Wednesday, I was thinking about going to the movies in a couple of days' time, um, Friday night. What do you reckon? Oh, no, we could. Have a think about it. Yep. By then, she's worked out Friday morning. Yeah, we can go to the movies tonight. It's just... Yes, I've got, you know, you've got to get your life organised to go to the movies, you know? <laughs> so it's, we call it submit a white paper. So you submit a white paper, it sits there, you know, the subcommittees look at it, examine it, that kind of thing, bring back proposal. Okay. Now, it works at a trivial level like where are we going, um, that sort of thing. But I think we need to move house next year. It's the fourth move in four years, if we do. Um, and I've lost half our stuff already. I don't yeah, know where it's all Yeah, gone. I don't know where it's... Um, and so I, we submitted the white paper eight, nine months ago, and she's thinking about it, and I just noticed lately a few real estate pages have been torn out of the papers and being looked at, and we'll, we'll see. But it's I've had to realise different... Now, you, you guys are probably fine with your partner's decision making it's just understanding how you think and how you act being as, as Peter says 1 Peter 3 7 husbands in the same way be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with um, you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers one is if you're not treating your wife properly you won't be able to pray properly I think he's saying 
and your wife is the weaker partner, I don't think it necessarily means physically, although usually husbands are stronger, I think it means that she's in a weaker position because she's called upon to be submissive to the husband. And if he wants to be inconsiderate and unloving, mm. she really is at a disadvantage. Mm. So he's saying be considerate. Um, it says here about um, don't be nice to your wife just to get sex. Love her and be considerate of her and sex will happen. And then the last deal you've written in, be affectionate and attentive every day, not just on days when you want sex. Because <laughs> then think, it doesn't work, which is that they're only attentive because they want the sex. But I, <laughs> what day wouldn't you want sex? That's what I think. <laughs> just, it's, it's only days ending in why. Okay, um, uh, gentlemen, one last thing, and then I'll, I'll hand over to, to Cathy for a second. Uh, if you can think, an older... Uh, Philip Jensen, whose mentor taught me so much, told me this, and it's gold... If you can think, when you're coming home for the day, if you've been out for a long day or whatever, if you can get in your head that you're not going to relax and kind of collapse until 30 minutes after you've got home. So you're still on duty, and that is, when you're home, you need to talk to your wife properly, on a debrief about how the day has been, uh, referee with the kids as necessary or whatever it is, and work out what's going on at home, rather than just walk in and hit the couch and grab the remote. Or it's walk that, in and hit your study and keep working. It's my I get sucked into the study and just one more email, one more email, and so it's it's beyond if you like beyond duty when you get home um, to to just see what's going on and talk to your wife yeah. properly and and so on. And there are exceptions. So again, it's a communication thing. So if you're able to say to your wife, "Look, I'm I'm home, but this is a." Uh, I've got to address this particular thing or even like say I am really tired I just need a 30 minute nap or something then my expectation is, 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 is isn't unrealistic of him because I know that's what he needs text. yes text before on the way yes yes yep you can do that that exactly. means thinking ahead yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so but if I disappear into the study when I get home or if I go and work immediately after dinner, right? The meal that was going to be, you know, beautiful meatloaf, I just get, you know, hot tongue and cold shoulder. That's it. So I, I got to learn. And the no-no. why would you expect the love after? You know, like. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Now, um, on a quite a serious note, you want to um, talk about? He raises the topic of um, loyalty and loyalty with the eyes, mm. um, and so. We live in a culture where pornography is getting more and more common, in fact, kind of pumped into computers mm. and lounge rooms. Mm. And do you want to, Kathy's just going to say something about uh, yeah. okay. loyalty, pornography, that yeah. sort of thing? So it's, it's really tough when you're, I think it's tough to respond in the right way when your husband comes and says, or ex- tries to express it, that he has um, issues with por- pornography or, you know, struggling. That way, and often we might uh, react with uh, being hurt and angry, or and feeling rejected. So it, it can, yeah, it 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 does serious damage, whether it's a small glance or something else. Uh, well, so whatever it is, it's not light, and don't be sucked into the world's um, temptation that it's okay, or you know, just sort of look through a few of these pages while I'm at the service station or... Because it's all, it's all in front of you. And the, with computers nowadays, that's even worse. So you need to put 
boundaries in, in place for those things. Either you don't go to the... I don't know how you don't go to the service station. No, your wife fills your car up for you. No, um, that's, no, that's a good yeah. thing. <laughs> um, you don't, uh, yeah, you have uh, certain programs put on your computer so you don't access anything you, uh, and, and speak to someone. Um, you, think husband, you think husbands ought to talk to their wives about it if, they, if yeah. the pornography uh, or if that sort of thing is a... A struggle? Do they raise that with their wives? Or yeah, not? I think you need to ra- raise it, but I, I just think because often we're not ready for it, we don't expect it, so it does. We do feel hurt and rejected. I think the husbands ought to be prepared also that that is going to come to your wife as a term of rejection of her, because she will feel that her body isn't acceptable because you've gone for something else, and of. And whatever's in the media is always is unreal, so it is not not normal, and so we will never meet that whatever that image that they put out there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And um, yeah. So um, yeah. So it is very destructive, and uh, and yeah, and it takes a long time to repair in your relationship. Now, let me tell you something uh, to the men. I think I'm going to say this on the internet, I think. Uh, gentlemen, uh, in a marriage, there's different kinds of um, sex with your wife. Uh, sorry. Um, there's different kinds of sex with your wife. There's kind of ordinary, mundane, bread and butter busy with the kids, it's been hard work, etc., etc., tired. It's almost the last housework job of the day, okay? Um, Ordinary bread and butter stuff. Now, that kind of just happens at home in the ordinary things of life. And then there's um, uh, steam come out of the ears, roll over, I think I'm ready to die now, heavy breathing, hotel kind of sex, okay? If bread and butter sex happens at home, would anyone like to suggest where um, steam come out of the ears, roll over, ready to die now, heavy breathing hotel sex might happen? In heaven. Hmm? <laughs> in heaven, no? I... In, a, in a hotel, yes, thank you, in a hotel. So what we worked out was um, if things seem... Can and it seem... can happen in the home as well. It can, it can, that's right. And it, it's good when it does, but... but um, I think we worked out that life can become pretty ordinary and pretty mundane. So what we worked out to do was, sometimes only once or twice a year, was to just schedule a weekend away or a couple of nights away, just the two of us. And we got somebody to babysit the kids and we went away. Um, sometimes it was a, uh, a weekend, although working with the churches that was hard. Sometimes we'd go away Thursday, Friday night, sometimes Monday, Tuesday night. Probably the best we did was to do it two or three times a year. Uh, and it was great. And as things, things happened like, hey, I remember you. I remember your name. I remember that I thought you were cute. We like each other, don't we? And that sort of thing. <laughs> and, then, and then there's other things that happen like, woohoo, where did that come from? And uh, it, it, it helps refresh your marriage. It also means with little kids and so on, um, the whole sex and physical intimacy thing can be pretty ordinary and it does mean, gentlemen, that you know in a few weeks' time we've got some fun coming up and it, it really is very good to do that. And if you are the one that organises it, the husband, 
it shows even more that you're considerate and loving and, and so on. Yeah, it doesn't seem quite so, you know, special if, uh, for, for the wife. You, you have to organise that. Like, <laughs> so if you, take your, if you take the initiative, believe me, you'll be rewarded. It will be wonderful. I mean, in relationship and all that kind of thing. Okay. Um, the next one, I'd, uh, that might seem a funny thing to say, but, but take, put those things in your diary at the beginning of the year and do it, and it's like a, um, it, it will refresh your marriage. I was going to say grease and oil change. It's not quite the romantic. It's just, it'll, it'll refresh your marriage. Uh, holidays, as a family, if you've got a family, uh, holidays is when family legends are built. Uh, the times that we had, you know, got lost in the... Uh, bogged in the car overnight in the bush and um, uh, disasters and canoeing and all sorts of crazy things usually were my fault. But as you look back, all those disasters were, is what the kids laugh about now and remember and it's just how you know, family legends are built on holidays. So take, it's worth the initiative and the time and the expense really to have good holidays together. Um, uh, that'll do. Mm. What have you got about? Yep. yep. Um... For oh, wives. Uh, no, did you want to? Uh, yeah. No, no, keep going. Oh. Keep going. Okay. Do you want to know what the men's space? Yeah, I think it is important. All right. Yeah. Uh, Kathy and I have a prenup agreement uh, that she'd be happy for me to have a week away with one or two of my mates in the bush each year um, when I, I hunt pigs and I smell like one for a week. That's pretty much how it works. Um, not for everyone. Like, not for everyone. Uh, I, it was a little unfair on her, I think, when the kids were little. I know I realise now that I've left her with too much and her mum... Especially when you had no money. So you either had two options, go to my mum or Alan's mum. Yeah, so it wasn't. <laughs> and then uh, once we realised that, I took Cathy and the kids with me. So for a few years we all went on the family hunting trip. It was, uh, it was fun. Uh, a little weird, but, but fun. But now... Um, now the kids are older Cathy's a good woman she's happy for me to go and happy for me to come back and it really is good for a bloke's soul so I'm just saying that some men will just find that that's a great thing mm. I look or you to might it. just have a fishing day or just a day or you know it doesn't have to be a week but I think guys often need just that, that time out Bloke just time. like women need women time Oh, by the way, I'm very happy Cathy goes away herself sometimes as well. So. Well, often now, like some, when Alan goes shooting, I just pick some tropical island I want to go to. If <laughs> I can manage it. Okay. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, just being uh, back on the, the wives section, uh, to, to realise for me that Alan's love language was physical touch and words of affirmation. I've just had to learn to do that. And... Um, and, be, and because, like, my, my love language is time and acts of service, it doesn't factor into my mind to give words of affirmation. So it's, it's just really hard for me, but I have to work at it. I manage it every now and then. Occasionally. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, but if I don't feel the love because he doesn't have time for me or doesn't help me out, then I don't give him the love and respect that he needs and wants. Uh, and so we go around on the crazy cycle again. Yeah, uh, but um, what's important, like there's more women here than 
men at the moment. Um, yeah, is to work on your relationship with Jesus foremost. Um, uh, that that is important. That's your priority. And uh, secondly, then is to your is your support system, particularly in, in full time uh, ministry of any sort. Uh, it's good to have someone outside your ministry group, your church, um, that you can talk to, ha- have even just to air, and you know it's in confidence, it's got to be in confidence, but that means you're not speaking to someone who is in your church area, your, your team or your ministry area. And that is really, vi- it's one of the vital things, and it helps you to survive in ministry. Um, and another thing is, to, is your health. <coughs> So often we, we look after ourselves, say, when we're, we make sure we're, we're looking nice and we're fit and healthy when we're, when we're going out with someone. But sometimes after we get married and, you know, a few years down the track and money's a bit tight or whatever, we, we let go of our exercise and we let go of the way we look a bit more. So let me just, um, yeah, encourage you to, yeah, it doesn't have to be expensive, but just to, to keep that up, and your husbands will appreciate it too. And, uh, and for your own boundaries and your role, because we're all different, um, we're all wired up differently, have different gifts that God's given us, and uh, we need to all work out where we're comfortable serving God and, um, and how we do it. So, we do, you know, you, I, I'm not an upfront person. I don't give talks at things generally, um, yeah, that it's sort of very thing. unusual, isn't it? Yeah, this mm. is unusual for me. <laughs> and but and but also be prepared that God will stretch you and teach you new things as well as as uh, di- you know different seasons come. Um, uh, but also some some women might feel freaked out about you know oh I need to learn how to cook you know fifty hundred dishes or you know serve something different to each person that comes to my home that night. Um, uh, so I think just work out what you're comfortable with, but also what you can learn to do comfortably. Yeah. Uh, and I've had to learn to be flexible. So um, that's fine. I, I've come from a home that's regulated. I've gone to boarding school that's organised. And when we, in our first married days, I felt it was wrong to step out of our house or unit that every bed wasn't made up and all the dishes washed and everything was tidy. I thought that that was just being a really bad wife. But I've had to learn to let some of those things go to survive and uh, that it's okay. <laughs> that it's okay. Yeah. You, you live through to the next day. <laughs> it's all right. Now sometimes I don't even make the bed for a whole day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and so just remember that you don't need to be perfect and you don't need to impress anyone. Else, but it does help in a ministry home. I think <laughs> if you even try to have just one room tidy, then you don't have to worry about the rest of the house, and you're not onto the kids or whatever about or your husband about keeping everything tidy. Just keep one area where if you're going to have people there, or just one little area that's tight, re- reasonably tidy, and that will just give a bit of I don't know. <laughs> Room to move for everyone. Yep. Okay. And do you want to talk about seasons of family life? Because there's a look, you know, young, young mums mm-hmm. here. Uh, what you're able to do in ministry will vary depending on where you are 
in the season of life. So for probably 20 years, I guess, Cathy really just um, ran our home and looked after mm-hmm. little kids who yep. didn't sleep and kind of yep. carried so we, that. We had difficult children uh, who didn't sleep and um, so they were hard to manage and they didn't... We tried for a while. I tried to bring them to conferences and things, but they never slept and I didn't sleep. And we got home and we were a total mess. So after a while, I just decided, Alan, you, you go. You do all the convention stuff. I'm, it's just easier for me to stay at home. So other than uh, Bible study, um, I kept uh, most times I would lead a women's group and, and going to church. Other than those things, I pretty much didn't. Um, stress myself out with any other jobs other than people coming to our home. Now, the last two. Yeah. Sorry. Don't. Have you ever had to deal with perceptions of what they think you should be doing? Um, how you, how, do you know or you had to correct that perception? Uh, people, have we ever had to do with people's perceptions of what Kathy should be yeah. doing? Um, well, she's her own woman. She can. Yeah, I think the very good thing was that our pastor Philip Jensen said to us, um, said to me when we first went on staff and then and worked with him. I asked him, well, what what do you expect of me? And he said, I would just expect of you as I would of any other woman in our church that you would um, enjoy coming to church and that you would participate in Bible study. And that was all he expected yep. me of me, and be hospitable, like yep. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Often, the expectations of others may not be the same. Mm. Um, I don't think for for Kathy or I, I, we've never felt expectation like unrealistic expectations on her. Mm. Sometimes um, I might fall into trap of comparing myself to someone else, and feel like oh I don't measure up. Like, you know, gee, I can't do that. We've passed a little, even a little church we worked in in the western suburbs, I don't think they people have um, too many uh, expectations. Kathy's sensational at hospitality. That's her thing. And so that seems to be... I don't know. So it's I, like, I, I, I love haven't, doing that. Yeah. yeah. I guess when we were in that the, the other role that we had to move house for... I did feel there were expectations on... Should I just turn Yeah, I'll just say. That it's not a oh, secret. Right. I was a bishop of Wollongong for three years. That's right. Like, there are a few people that know that. So, um, as, a bishop, so as a bishop's wife, I was, I guess, unusual. Being Asian, I felt that... We went to an area where there's... I guess it's mostly... Uh, what do you call Anglo it? people. Anglo. White mostly people. Anglo people. There's a few of them around, actually. And, white um, and so often people wouldn't expect an Asian bishop's wife. And still, see here in Australia, even though it's multicultural, but, yeah. And, and I guess there were expectations, some expectations certainly, I guess, that I would go to everything that the bishop went to, and, but I just didn't. So, and yeah, I think there's more of an issue with our children and expectations. So mm-hmm. I think our two older girls felt unfair ex- or too much expectation from people on them, um, mm. which and that they I was would... too slow to pick up, I think. Yeah. I didn't realise till later. Yeah. yeah. Rather than treating them as you would treat any other child in the church, yeah. there was more expectation yeah, on them. What sort of things did you pick up later that was being expected? Oh, I think that they... I'm sorry? Did you expect them? No, I think other people related to them in a different way because they were my children. So people would talk to them and say hello and then just want to talk about me. 
which is just incredibly boring and then really dumb. Um, but that, that would happen. Mm. And I think that sort of, that they felt under this shadow from the way they were treated. I'm, but I I'm think really also sorry. They, I don't know what, yeah. Also, they were expected to go to everything, even from other youth group leaders, yeah, maybe well, unintentionally expected that they would never miss because they're the minister's children. So I think we do need to be aware of that with our children. So the stages, we're going to finish at 530 but the stages of family life will mean you can do things. Um, so now for the last couple of years, Cathy's been more available um, because our youngest has finished school and so on. But I can see on the horizon, her mum and dad are very frail. Cathy's the only daughter and the only one in New South Wales. And so, we're going to, and I think you're going to, unfortunately, you know, you're going to have to, not unfortunately, you're going to carry a lot of weight on that. It's going to affect what you can do ministry-wise. That's right. But that's yes. so you just have Jesus to balance, balance yeah. that, and that's showing honour to your parents also. Yep. Yep. And to work out how you try and work together as a couple, I think we're beginning to work it out. 30 years, we've got someone... Um, Kathy's got the hospitality thing happening. It's just amazing. Her idea of happiness is 20 people around a table that she's cooked for. I, it's just... You know, it's great. Um, I... I'll speak and all that kind of thing. That's what I like to do. And so we've kind of worked out how we do that together. But for years, Cathy said no to speaking at things because it's not really your gig, is it? And so no, I don't think I'm any good at it. No, I think you're right, but, <laughs> but it's not, you're not comfortable with it, really. Yeah, it's not, not comfortable with it. Yeah, whereas Cathy Heard, for example, Andrew's wife, we're mates, Cathy Heard really is the upfront speaker. Mm. She spoke at Women's Convention at Katoomba this year, mm. that sort of thing. Mm. So you just work out how, you, how you're gifted and do what you... What you're good at, what you're comfortable mm. with. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, did we, we didn't talk about fa- expectations of children. We, so we touched on it a bit. Yep. Are we, are we going to move on to that? Yeah. Keep going. Um, oh, about ministering together? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, like, in ministry, I think we didn't touch on this in the last mm-hmm. one. Um, in, in, in ministry life, I think you've just got to get used to the, that your life will be public. People will watch and people will comment. Comment whether you like it or not. And they'll comment on even the type of car you drive or, you know, the clothes you wear. I don't know. Uh, it seems that, that that sort of part of life seems to be open for all. Um, but I, I think you just got to get used to it, <laughs> just develop a bit of a thicker skin and, um, and, and work out for yourself. And it's just growing in confidence in who you are and what you're comfortable doing. Um, and ha- and how you're gifted and uh, yeah so I've touched on that and so just never also underestimate even though I stayed at home uh, my majority of time was at home or either with the school uh, environment you don't underestimate the, the power of hospitality in your home or who you might even have one person I had a girl who used to come and uh, help me clean because um I wasn't managing, and um, and she needed the money for for a living, and and I needed help, and so it was a good. And I stayed there while she was cleaning, but it meant we talked about different things as well. And she watched me, you know, working from the home and other groups we would have. So that's that's a powerful impact on people's lives. You don't even realise. But um, yeah. Um, I think we talk, mm-hmm. we want to talk about church planting. Oh, we're going to talk about social media. Ah, don't. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Or about here. Yep. Okay. Um, I, I just I was doing some research. Some research has shown that what's really important uh, is the the personal work of your husband in terms of speaking to the wives is is one of the most important factors affecting your level of stress and uh, and satisfaction. And so what he does or how much he's involved in the family um, greatly affects you. And uh, other primary <laughs> factors include like uh, the healthy support system, um, other types of recreation for you, um, and boundary clarity and your health. So I've touched on all of those. Uh, I just want to finish up. Uh, we can talk, uh, and then we'll stop any questions and so on. Um, as gospel people, uh, we want to call people to follow Jesus, and that almost always means that people will get to know us um, in, terms, in that context. And if we're just living lives that basically say, "Well, we're miserable, um, grit your teeth, you know, suck it up, princess," um, and it's horrible. Like, horrible. You know, Keep going. Things. We'll soon be dead. If we're living lives like that, it's just kind of grit your teeth survival mode, it's not really a great call to come and find out about Jesus. So I'm not saying paint a smile on and fake it, but I just think it's worth the effort, the, this love and respect idea to keep working with each other because we really actually, we've signed on because we loved each other and we love ministry. It's worth the effort to actually find and keep the joy in that uh, and the joy in that is, is actually contagious. That's that's the point. I mean, we've um, we just come keep, back from a month's holiday. Maybe that's why we're feeling good. But it's, 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 and, it's and good. to keep feeling like you, you're joined in it, in that you, you should already start with the, the fact that you've got a united vision to do it in the first place. But to keep talking about it, um, have debrief times when you come home. Like you know, every day might not be possible, but every now and then have a debrief on you know how we're going and you know how things going. But also the fact that for me, I, I say to Alan, I don't need to know everything that's going on. So if I don't need to know, don't worry about telling me. Because sometimes that affects how your, your relationship at, at church or whatever group you're meeting in. And, um, and so if it's something that he can deal with and I don't need to know, then that's fine. So it certainly relieves me. You want to do that last one? And then we'll finish. Just do that. Okay. And, um, yeah, so just women remember that men don't do subtlety and you just got to tell them straight. I've learned to have to tell Alan straight. Otherwise, I expect it. I, I sort of dance around the edges and sort of drop hints and when he doesn't do what I'm, I w- would like him to do, then I get cranky and upset. But it's because he doesn't really know what I would like him to do. So <laughs> tell me, yeah. he just... Yeah, so it doesn't read between the lines. So tell him, but don't attack him. So I've had to learn that. It's like, um, yeah, so not attacking or criticising, uh, but just tell him what would be helpful to you what and, you know, what helps you or uh, what causes stress for you or exhaustion. Talk about those things. And, um, yeah, so men are not complex, but... They just need lots of sex in general. <laughs> Very you read, simple. You can read that line, actually. Okay. What? Men are not complex. Sex makes for a happy boy. Lots of sex make a very happy boy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Who That's wrote that? <laughs>
That's true. Yeah. And gentlemen, here's my life. I have a lovely wife who reminds me regularly the job of Jesus is already taken, which means uh, I'm not the Messiah and I can actually have a rest and Jesus will run the world without me. And at least for a while, you know. So it's um, it's good to be reminded about that. And it's very hard when it's if you're in a it's your baby, your church plant, or whatever it is you're starting, because you feel like that's yours, like you know, yep. it's God's, but that's yours, and and so you feel it's hard to let go of anything. Yep. And I'm saying what I've learned is she wants to know that you treasure her. Um, she wants to feel close to you. She wants to know that you love her. There you go. That's now thoughts, comments. We can stop the um, the net recording if you want to ask something. That's well, I do want to make one minute. I think it is important about the social media, no need. The, the instant generation. Go for it. But just I think in this generation where we've got mobile phones and computers at our fingertips, it's important to uh, just think a moment before you reply or send anything out into the cyberspace about how you're feeling about ministry or something. Like, you know, that you may think it's, it's private, but it's actually going out there. So just have a bit of... Take a breath first before putting it out there.